0: The Heidelberg Catechism, we read together Lord's Day 38. It's on page 554 of your book of praise. What does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel in the schools be maintained, and that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word to use the sacraments to call publicly upon the Lord and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon we may focus our attention on the fourth commandment, which teaches us about how we are to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. There is a lot of controversy about the observance of the Sabbath day. On it we are commanded to rest. Yet it's plain from the Bible that certain works of necessity and charity are allowed on the Lord's day. God commands us to sanctify this day, to keep it holy. But what exactly does that mean? Are we required to worship God by gathering together twice each Lord's Day? What kind of activities are permitted and which should be avoided? Different families observe the Lord's Day in different ways. Some will allow their kids to change clothes between services. Others won't. Some will permit swimming, bike riding, and playing sports. Others frown on that. Some think nothing of watching TV, spending time on the internet, or playing video games. Others think that that's wrong. It's very easy for us to become legalistic about such matters or to dismiss any discussion about them and just do whatever we feel like doing. The fourth commandment sets a weekly pattern for our lives. Six days of work followed by a day of rest. The week is something unique. You do not find it coming back in nature Life in our world is organized according to different patterns. Our daily patterns are based on the time it takes for the earth to rotate on its axis. Our monthly patterns are based roughly on the time it takes the moon to rotate around the earth. Our yearly patterns are based on the time it takes the earth to orbit around the sun. But our week does not fit into any of these natural patterns. So where does a week of seven days come from? God ordained it. He created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh day. It's on that basis that he taught mankind to work six days and rest the seventh. It's the rhythm that God has set For our lives. Do you know why God set this pattern for our lives? As our Creator, God knows our needs. The need to be busy, to do our daily tasks, to put our heart into whatever He gives us to do. God also knows how life consuming work can become. And how we are not machines that can perform. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And thus, He has given us a day of rest for our refreshment, both physically and spiritually, so that we may learn to know Him and to devote ourselves to Him, so that we may partake in His blessings, both in this life. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. The Lord commands us to keep his day holy. For us, the Lord's day should be a day of rest, a day of worship, and a foretaste of the eternal rest. The fourth commandment begins with the command, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Do you know what the word holy means? Something is holy, it is set apart or dedicated to God. So when the Lord commanded his people, Israel, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, he was telling them to set apart this day from the other days of the week. God was commanding them to dedicate this day to him. The Sabbath day was unlike any of the other days of the week. It was God's day, the day that Israel was to dedicate for their worship to the Lord. How were the Israelites to devote the Sabbath to God? In the first place, by resting from their daily work. The Lord gave his people six days to work to grow crops and raise livestock and earn income to support their families. But the seventh day was a special day. It was set apart from the other days of the week. It was a day on which God commanded them to rest from their daily work. The Lord gave the Ten Commandments to his people on two separate occasions. The first was at Mount Sinai when they first came out of Egypt. On this occasion, the Lord provided this reason for keeping the Sabbath day holy. He said, For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Just as God rested from his work of creation and took time to enjoy the work of his hands, so he commands us to do the same. There is more to life than work. Yes, it is true that we have a mandate to work. God calls us to use our gifts and our talents faithfully, whether that be in paid employment, in childcare, in volunteering, or whatever the Lord gives us to do. In Colossians 3, we're commanded, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Yet the Lord also made it clear there's also a time to stop working. When is that time? One day each week. In the Old Covenant, God ordained the seventh day, the Sabbath, as a day of rest. Because Christ arose from the dead on the first day of the week, we rest from our daily tasks on this day. We commonly call this day Sunday. It's striking that in Revelation 1, verse 10, this day is called the Lord's Day. We see that it reflected in the fact that our Hutterberg Catechism has 52 Lord's Days. One for each Sunday of the year. In Exodus 31, the Lord made it clear how important the observance of the Sabbath was to him. In this passage, the Lord speaks about the Sabbath being a sign of the covenant between him and the Israelites. It was a sign that was meant to teach Israel that it was the Lord who sanctified them. God commanded his people to keep this day holy as a sign of how he set them apart for his service. Exodus 31 shows how working on the Sabbath day was in effect breaking the covenant The Bible makes it plain that God required his people to strictly observe the Sabbath day. Exodus 34, 21 says, Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest you shall rest. Even in the busiest times of the year, when it was critical to get your crops in the ground or to harvest them before rain fell." Israel was to observe the day of rest. They needed to trust that God would provide for them without laboring on his holy day. In Exodus 35, 3, the Lord commanded his people, you shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. In Numbers 15, we see how the Lord commanded a man who gathered sticks on the Sabbath day, to be stoned to death because he profaned the Lord's holy day. What does it mean that he profaned the Sabbath? He did not regard it as God's special day. He made it common like any other day of the week. The second time the Lord gave his people the Ten Commandments was when they were camped opposite Jericho on the plains of Moab, about ready to enter the promised land. On this occasion, the Lord provided a different reason for keeping the Sabbath day. He said, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. It's likely that as slaves in Egypt, the Israelites were required to work on the Sabbath day. They were not in charge of their own lives. They had harsh taskmasters who beat them if they did not produce enough. In Exodus 3, the Lord told Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, to a land flowing with milk and honey to the promised land. This shows us that God has concern for the burdens His people suffered under. He never wanted them to be in a situation that confronted them in Egypt again. He wanted to ensure that after a week of work, they could also enjoy rest. (coughs) He gave his people a day each week to be renewed and refreshed. Many in our society no longer have any regard for the Lord's Day. We live in a 24-7 society where many products and services are available whenever you need them. It used to be that work was something you left home to go and do. But in our economy today, many people have the opportunity to do at least part of their daily work from home. For many, it has become increasingly difficult to separate work life from home life. Unless we draw strict limits, it's easy for our daily work to also intrude on the Lord's Day. May we ever do any kind of work on Sunday? The Lord Jesus made it clear to the Pharisees that works of necessity were permitted on the Sabbath. In Matthew 12: to pull a sheep out of a pit on the Sabbath. And in Luke 13:15 that one was allowed to lead his ox or donkey to water on the Sabbath. Based on this principle of doing good, Jesus freely healed people on the Sabbath day, even though this was seen by the Jewish leaders as doing work. The Christian church has always recognized that there are some who, by the nature of their work, may be required to work on Sunday. Those in emergency services, like policemen, firefighters, paramedics, and medical staff, are sometimes required to work a Sunday shift. Farmers who care for their livestock also need to attend to their tasks on the Lord's day. A plumber may need to take care of a burst pipe or a furnace that cuts out in minus 30 degrees Celsius weather. Aside from these kinds of necessary tasks, the Lord has maintained, the church has maintained the Lord's command to rest from our daily work on his day. Beloved, we need to fight against the temptation to allow work to intrude on Sundays. Students should not do homework on Sunday. Business people should not allow work-related calls to intrude on the Lord's Day. If we are required to do necessary work on Sunday, we should limit it as much as possible. Why? because the Lord knows how life-consuming work can become, that he has given us a day of rest. The Lord knows how prone we are to burnout. It's through a day of rest that God refreshes us, so we're unable to carry out our daily tasks in the following week. God is good in providing for our physical rest. Let us thank him for his blessings towards us. Brings us to our second point. And we'll see that for us, the Lord's Day should be a day of worship. The fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. To be holy means to be set apart from what is common, to be devoted to God. So what does it mean that the Sabbath day was to be set apart as the Lord's holy day? Well, it means that it was intended for the worship of God. This was true already for God's people, Israel, in the Old Covenant. In Deuteronomy 12, the Lord commanded his people that they were not to worship him as the Canaanites did on every high mountain and under every green tree. The Lord commanded, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go. And there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contributions that you present, your vow offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. God commanded Israel to gather for worship in a place where he would dwell among them. We know that Jerusalem was that place. It's where David and Solomon built a temple for God. To dwell among his people. Throughout the Bible, we read many calls to worship. Psalm 95 issues this call. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise with songs of praise. Psalm 100 says make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth come into his presence with singing The Bible makes clear there is a call for us to gather in worship each Sunday When the Lord Jesus conducted his ministry on earth most often on the Sabbath day you would be able to find him in one of the synagogues Matthew 9:35 says that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. A synagogue was a place for worship for God's people in their local towns and villages. They were established after the destruction of the temple and the exile of God's people to Babylon. From this, we see that by Jesus' day, God's people, Israel, had the regular practice of gathering for worship each Sabbath day. On the special feast days, many congregated in Jerusalem, yet throughout the rest of the year, they gathered each week in their local synagogues. The writings of the early church fathers show us that the liturgy followed in the synagogue services, included all the main elements that make up our liturgy today. The point should be clear, that throughout the ages, God's people have heeded the call to worship. On the day of rest, they gathered together to worship the Lord. This also applied to the church in the New Covenant. Acts 2 tells us about how day by day, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Luke tells us that they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, praising God. God's people were enthused at sharing in the riches of salvation. For them it was a joy and a delight to come together to worship God and fellowship with each other. So what about us, beloved? Do we regularly gather for worship on Sundays? Using the words of the catechism, do we diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings to the poor? In the past few years, our attendance at church has at times been restricted due to the COVID-19 situation. We've become somewhat accustomed to worshiping from home. The effects of this seem to linger among us. Sometimes you don't give coming effort. It's easier to just turn on the TV and live stream a service. We become more used to the idea of going on holidays and live streaming from the campground or the motel room. Some consider the live stream option to be good enough. We're worshipping, aren't we? It was good enough during the health crisis. Why isn't it good enough now? To answer these questions, we need to get back to the basics. What's the fourth commandment all about? It's about God's day. A day The Lord commands us to keep holy. Remember, for something to be holy means that it is set apart. It's dedicated to God. The Lord's Day needs to be set apart from the other days of the week. We need to devote this day to God's service. Do you think it's appropriate to ask the question... Whether or not live streaming is good enough? Shouldn't it be our heart's desire to offer God our best? Our Bible reading from Isaiah 58 emphasizes that we should not make the Lord's day into our day. Israel was guilty of this. They treated the Sabbath as if it were their day. They used it for their own pleasure rather than for the worship of God. Beloved, are we not often guilty of exactly that? Don't we often treat Sunday as part of the weekend, part of our time off? Don't we easily give recreation and entertainment too high of a priority on the Lord's day? Please consider the state of your heart. What is Sunday really for? Do I treat it as the Lord's day? Or as my day? Some people will say that there's no biblical mandate to gather together for worship on Sundays. They're wrong. Hebrews 10 calls us to draw near to God through the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ. It encourages us to do so with full assurance of faith because Christ has reconciled us to God. The writer of Hebrews says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Did you hear those words? Do not neglect to meet together. Worship is not an individual thing that you do from your living room. It's gathering with all God's people so that together we may praise and glorify him and be built up on our faith through word and sacraments. Beloved, do you remember the call that Jesus issued in Matthew 11:28. 28? He said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we gather in worship as congregation, We come into the presence of God our Father and His Son Jesus Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons God calls us to worship is to give rest to our souls. The Gospel assures us of Christ's redeeming work, of how we've been set free from the mastery of sin and Satan. It reminds us of God's constant faithfulness of his abiding love. We need to drink from the streams of living water to be equipped for the next work week. Isaiah promised God's people his rich blessings if they honored him on a special day. The same applies to us. Setting aside Sunday is a day where we stop working and where we gather to worship God is life-renewing. God uses this day to refresh us both physically and spiritually. When we use the Lord's Day to celebrate God's goodness and grace towards us, we're strengthened to continue to fight the good fight of the faith. When we dedicate our Sundays to enjoying communion with the Lord and fellowship together, we're properly devoting this day to God. It brings us to our final point, and it'll consider how for us, the Lord's day should be a foretaste of the eternal rest. When our Catechism explains the Fourth commandment, it does so from the perspective of rest. First, it talks about observing the day of rest. We've spoken about how that applies both to resting from our daily work and setting apart the Lord's Day as a day of worship. The Catechism goes on to encourage us that all the days of my life I may rest from my evil works. Our worship of God on Sundays is to set the tone for the rest of the week. We're not Sunday Christians who worship on the Lord's day and then live however we please the rest of the week. The Lord wants us to live God pleasing lives in all we say and do. Yet the Catechism does not stop there. One of the reasons why diligently attending church is so important is to let the Lord work in me through His Holy Spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. When the Catechism speaks about the eternal Sabbath, it's talking about our eternal Rest. It's speaking about the coming day of the Lord when sin will be no more, when all its effects will be removed from our lives. It's looking forward to the time when once and for all we will cease sinning and find rest and joy in living with God in eternal glory. Do you remember how Exodus 31 referred to the Sabbath as? A sign of God's covenant? Already in the law given through Moses, the Lord made it clear that the Sabbath was a sign of how the Lord sanctified them, how he made them holy. Hebrews 10 called us not to neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to gather and worship to hear God's word so that the Spirit may work in us. Church is the workshop of the Spirit. It's here that the Spirit strengthens us in our faith and encourages us through our fellowship. He does so to keep us walking with God that we may share in his blessings on the final day. Beloved, please consider how important It is to gather for worship. Do you know what happens when people regularly stay away from church? They no longer hear the Good Shepherd speaking to them. Because they refuse to honor God's holy day, they're no longer built up in the faith. They often begin to wander and stray. Please consider those who have walked this pathway in the past. Where are their lives at today? Are they still living their lives in communion with God? Or are they on a pathway that ultimately leads to hell? The Lord has given us the fourth commandment for our benefit he gives us the Lord's Day as a day where we can set aside our daily work and be refreshed physically and mentally. He calls us to gather and worship so we can enjoy communion with him and each other. By diligently attending the church of God, he builds us up spiritually through the word and sacraments. That God has a goal in all of this. Is to allow us to share in the eternal rest that he has promised, in joy and glory of life on new heavens and a new earth. Do you see God's purpose in giving us the Lord's Day as a special day each week? Will you set aside this day for God's service, Amen. Let's respond to the gospel message by rising and singing from Psalm 84, stanzas 4, 5, and 6.